Hi everyone, I'm Jennifer Zapp. Thanks for tuning in. Today I'm in conversation with Wanda Johnson. Anyone who knows Wanda knows she has the heart of a teacher and the mind of an expert generalist. Somatic awareness is the topic of our conversation, but it doesn't stop there. We also get into Wanda's various ventures, including her latest in the area of DEI with an emphasis on accessibility. Let me introduce you to Wanda. Wanda is a problem solver and leader driven by curiosity. She is successful in various ventures, including her business at your service, Corridor Community. She is a passionate teacher facilitating several courses at Kirkwood. She mentors other aspiring entrepreneurs, runs her blog as a single mom, and has a variety of other projects in progress. Thanks for joining us, Wanda. Thank you for asking me to be on. Sure thing. How are you feeling today? Pretty good. Better than yesterday, but... You know, I pulled my um, affirmation card this morning and it said, today, I will not be critical. Today, I will not be critical of my appearance or actions. I am perfect the way I am. So we're here to talk about your experience with somatics and integrating that into your, your business. Let's start with, how did you get started with somatics? Um, actually, I, I guess I've been doing it for a while. I didn't really even know that's what it was called <laughs> until you brought it to my attention. Um, but I, it probably started back when I was 16 and I had a mild heart attack then. And a lot of people don't know about that. So it's helped me just pay attention to things with my body. And then when I got diagnosed with the narcolepsy when I was 22, um, I noticed that certain days be worse than others. I started noticing, you know, certain days of the week, not to do anything before 10 or schedule anything for 10 if I can help it. Or like I did um, two days ago, I had something to be at 730 in the morning. So I made sure I planned a nap in that day or it was going to throw off the rest of my week. And it's like Thursday is my, you know, more simpler day because I know I cram more into Fridays and the weekends. So it took me time to realize that, but it has helped me with, you know, my diagnosis, figuring out things with my, with hers. Um, and then I also helped a lot of kids when I was doing daycare because I thought it was just more of like intuition, but now that you brought up that it was, you know, somatic related and doing research on that, I realized, yeah, that that was things I do. And then I just always try to find the good in every situation, no matter how bad it is. <laughs> yeah. Keeping the us, us mothers actually do it. We don't realize it when we have a baby, we actually do it because they're not verbal. And so we're, we pay attention to their body and those different things. And if we just, you know, started doing it to ourselves, it does make a big difference. It does. And I'm glad you brought that up about babies because Somatics is about sensation, and sensation is our first language. Mm -hmm. And I, it's a big thing for me, even when I teach classes at Kirkwood, um, the new building they built in Hiawatha, some of the classes I'll, be, I'll teach in the back, and I don't like that. So if it's material, I'm able to take and stand in front of the class with them, because you, know, you can ask if everybody understands. People can nod, but if you can't see their face, you can you know, during that time, you can tell if they're confused, if they're not sure, if they have a question, but don't want to raise their hand, 
just noticing those little things that makes, you know, a big difference. What in particular do you look for? Um, I guess facial expressions, um, the tenseness of their shoulders, um, the fidgeting, or um, if they're like flipping through, or you can kind of see the, the movement of the eyes, um, just those little things you can um, pick up if something is not right, or if they have questions or misunderstanding something. Mm-hmm. And when you notice those things, and you're leading and you're teaching, how do you adjust your behavior to meet the need in the room? Um, sometimes I, I usually get a feel um, when I first meet people, you know, just chit-chatting with them. If they're more open, I know I can probably specifically say, you know, so-and-so, you know, are you confused or anything? Or if, if I felt I've gotten the impression that they're a little, you know, shy or don't want to probably speak up, I just make it, um, I'll add on to what I'm saying and maybe explain it differently or give an example and that usually ends up, you know, sufficing what they need. And I can see them kind of nod and a smile. And, you know, you can see the happy, understanding facial expressions that they have. Ah, yeah, our facial expressions and our nonverbals really carry more weight than our, mm-hmm. our verbal communication. For a leader who is new to the idea of somatics, as an important leadership skill and who maybe hasn't had to be intentional in forming this skill like like you were due to health issues. That's also my story too. Health issues is what was formational to my somatic awareness. How -hmm. would you advise them to bring this skill into the workplace? Where can they begin, begin with it? Any thoughts on that? Um, I think my biggest one, and I've taken this, and I was just chatting with my mom about this probably about a week ago, that I actually found a, a Bearstein Bears booklet about the golden rule. Um, and it's actually a Bible verse too. I didn't realize it, but I really, you know, treat others how you want to be treated. So, you know, if you're wanting people to pick up on, you know, your expressions and your nonverbals, you have to start paying attention also to theirs at the same time. And then also, you know, I have that other rule of you never know what people don't know. So some people are still learning, you know, or don't even know that they, you know, you want them to under pay attention to those clues. So you have to inform them. Like I am a person where I, my, facial expressions and I tell people my facial expressions or my body movement sometimes don't always coincide with what I'm thinking, but sometimes it, it has numerous meanings. So if you're not sure, just ask me, I'm an open book. And so I make that vocal to everybody whenever I, you know, start learning with them or being around them more, not to go by that, but you know, that it may be just misinterpreted, but don't be offensive. Don't be afraid to ask me anything so just you know doing that because you know people are misunderstood all the time people are always assuming things you know and going into things open-minded always um, makes a big big difference um every event I go to even if it I don't think 
it specifically pertains to me, I still make sure I make one connection and I take one nugget away, even if it's to a total different topic, (laughs) Um, because, you know, then you don't feel like you wasted your time or that, you know, you didn't learn anything. And then that aggravation or anything like that rolls to the next thing and on and on. So if you just, you know, keep those little rules in the back of your mind, even if you have to write them down and have them visual with you, it will carry on, you know, throughout your day because, you know, I teach that in my time management class. Um, It's more, it's not even time management sometimes, it's your energy. And as soon as you let things like consume you and take over, you know, you have to sit back and think, you know, just imagine a balloon going off. If it's something you can't control and can't, or can or can't control. And then as that balloon goes away, you just have to let it go. And because it will affect the rest of your day um, if you don't do that. Yeah, that's a great visual. And you're so right. It will. And I really like what you had to say here because it's it's so much about remaining open and curious. Mm-hmm. And when we when we can do that, we stay out of judgment mm-hmm. and we create a safe space for people. We create a culture of psychological safety where everyone can perform to the best of their abilities because if anything is going to be a barrier to people's potential, it's fear and the feeling of of feeling threatened. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I know, and I just, you know, I'm able to do that with clients, you know, just because you know, I may pick up on something, you know, just during our, you know, brainstorming um, strategic, you know, first initial meeting, I'll just tell them to talk to me and I pick up those little clues or those little parts and then I'll elaborate on them. They're like, oh, well, I did say that, but I didn't realize that was something that I needed to, you know, look at or focus on, you know, and I always tell them too that it's not just what's going on with your business it's your family, your friends, any other volunteer things you're doing. And I even teach that in my time management course, you forget about those parts and all that dwells on you. You know, I sat the other day and wrote a mind map of just to brain dump everything was in my head and it was going to, you know, some health things my neighbor's dealing with because, you know, I helped them with just trying to just navigate things or research things to give them answers or things going on with, you know, Girl Scouts or, summer's coming up, what's going on, you know, all those things until you sit and really like write all that out. You don't even realize sometimes that all that's in your head and it's shooting off every few minutes and you're wondering why you can't focus on something or why you're so drained at the end of the day. It's not just work or, you know, getting home and dealing with the kids or driving to work. It's what you're doing even throughout those times every few minutes. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, paying attention to those and you know, and I started doing a daily reflection at the end of the day that talks about, you know, what my challenges were, what I did accomplish, why I didn't accomplish those things, you know, and it, after you sit back and you realize it, like, oh, it, some of it was outside of my control. And then it makes you kind of have a better ending at the end of your day instead of you sitting there like, oh, I was supposed to get this, this, this done. Mm-hmm. And then that's all you're dwelling on versus realizing why you didn't. And then, 
you know, sitting back and realize, okay, is it really something I need to move on to the next day? Or was it something I wanted to get done, but realize this really wasn't even as important as I thought it was because I didn't do it today. Now it's like, oh, never mind. I'll, I just won't worry about it because I thought it was a big deal and it really wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. How does that feel different to you now that you've started implementing those practices as opposed to what you felt like before you were practicing these strategies? Um, it kind of gives a better flow to the end of the night because, you know, you can go to bed with all those and being feelings you're supposed to have, you know, you're supposed to feel relaxed when you get ready to go to sleep, which makes you go to sleep better versus dwelling on stuff and just your energy goes out and then you just pretty much, you pass out. You don't really actually go to sleep your energy is completely drained and you pass out and then you might wake up to go to the bathroom or get a drink of water. And then it'll come too because it was in your head when you went to sleep and then it, it can sometimes carry and it will carry over through the night. You end up not having good sleep, but doing that and getting it out of your head and on paper and dealing with it for those couple minutes takes it out and your brain is able to free be free and you can go through those stages of actually going to sleep and having a pleasant night of sleep and waking up. You know, there's still be other things that happen throughout the night, but <laughs> at least, you know, it's not from you stressing about the things you, you didn't get done a day before, at least, and you know what to work on the next day when you wake up. And I find that true in my own life too, because I used to do a mind map the, at the start of the day. Mm-hmm of my to-do list essentially. And I switched that up to doing, that's kind of the close to my day. And, and you're right, that it works so much better because it's, I'm much more relaxed when I close out the day and I'm ready to flow into the day because essentially I've created a visual map and plan for myself for the day. Not that I am, you know, really um, overly attached to, but it is, it's a map. It's a general uh, guide to my day versus just drifting. Yeah. Because in the morning, you know, so many things are already going on and you're going to forget something and you're feeling rushed and you're like, Oh, I don't want to spend too much time on this because it's going to take away from my day. Mm-hmm. And, and it, I don't think it will. Yeah. It wouldn't flow the same trying to do that much in the morning um, versus before uh, bedtime when you know what went on that day and you kind of look at your calendar and know what you at least need to be get done the next day. It, it definitely would be a better planning um, mindset for sure and filling an energy that will carry over. I want to circle back to when you were talking about your your clients and so that our listeners can get a better sense of the work that you do with your clients. Is there a story that you can share with us that illustrates how you have used somatics to help create results for your your clients? 
funny you ask, say that, ask that because it literally just happened. When was it? Maybe Friday. Um, the virtual assistant that I have been mentoring, and she launched her business within just a couple months of me working with her. She have pretty much gotten a full load. And so she had two meetings the same day with two new potential clients. And so she was like texting me, telling me how it went. But then one of them had a rush project due within a day or two. And then she was trying to wrap her hand around both of those and just everything. And, and so I called her and I was like, you know, just write it down. (laughs) I was like, you're, you're probably, you're all of us. We do this to ourselves. We think more and try to get all the details together at the same, you know, all at once. And so I was telling her, you know, the first client, do they have anything urgent? She's like, no. I was like, so, so you're actually fine with that one. So, you know, you'll just kind of sit that to the side. The other one, you have something that needs to be done within the next day or two. So that one, you just need to write, let's write down what the things you, you think you need to get done. And there was end up being some things that she really couldn't do very much of without email and a few questions so I was like okay go write the questions down you can email it to them and then you can kind of just work it out while you're waiting for that answer of the other little things you need to do and then proceed with that and she's like oh yeah and once she finally finally just helped her kind of piece it out and lay it out and figure it she's like oh, I'm so glad I talked to you because if I hadn't texted you and mentioned this I would have just had a frantic rest of the day for something, majority of it was even outside of her control. And then some of it was something she was even dwelling on that she didn't really have to focus on right now. Um, so those little, you know, things and just even having just a soundboard or somebody to be able to bounce those ideas off of. I mean, I have people come to me and ask me things that don't even have anything to do with some of the stuff I do, but I'm able to just let them kind of sound it out, talk it out you know, and help them just lay it out a little better flow. So then it's not as overwhelming and to make it into smaller chunks versus, oh, I need to have this done by next week. Like what are the stages and the little pieces you can do and even allocate to somebody else if it's, you know, little things. And I even do that here at home with, with uh, my daughter, Mai, that she'll get overwhelmed and stuff, or I do. I'm like, okay, this is what I need to get done. I was like, but looking at it, can you just handle this part? Or there's been times where I'm like, you know, I, I, I know I need to get this done, but we also need to eat dinner. <laughs> can you just find, I'm glad she's at the age now where she can do something in the kitchen. And she'll, it may just be sandwiches and steamed broccoli. I, as long as it's food, that's one less thing I have to worry about. And I can focus on what I need to focus on. And she can tell you know, both of us are in a better mood. I can sit and watch TV with her versus like stressing and trying to do everything, you know, just having relinquished some of those small duties or little things that you can't resolve. Like, well, I wanted to cook a real dinner, but we just gonna have to do TV dinners if it has to be, <laughs> because that's just, I don't want to st- keep stressing about, you know, those things as long as we, we, and so. Yeah. Keeping what's important. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Who has the application of somatic awareness affected the relationship that you have with yourself and others? Any key learnings there that, that you can share with our listeners? 
um, what myself, it's, I said, I really, I didn't realize I had been doing it for so long. And like, so without different health things, and I tell people even, especially with, you know, doctors, they only can do so much to, you know, I paid attention to little things I have issues and they're like, oh, we think it's this and this. And I'm like, no, there's still something. And I, you know, kind of explain it to them and they're not sure. So I have to just coach them certain ways, like my narcolepsy, they didn't think that was going to be it. Or even at colon issues. And they were like, oh, you're too young. We don't want to pull. We've done all these other tests. I did what you wanted, but I still feel like there, there's still something not right. And I'm having issues. And I just pushed them to do that. And good thing I did. And I went by the my body telling me there's still something else. And I found out I had polyps. But if I had waited till I was 50, I would have had colon cancer at 50. You know, and I had my first colonoscopy at what, like 35. You know, so those little things. And then it flared up again. It's done it twice, right about two months before my three years that I'm supposed to do it. And I'm like, they're, and they're thinking those few things. And both times, I'm like, no, I, I think we need push to colonoscopy by a couple months. Every single time that we've done that, I had polyps, they removed it, all the pain like instantly went away. So I realized my body does not like any <laughs> foreign objects anywhere. And it's going to let me know that something is wrong and just pay attention to those little clues um, and just not settling for whatever answer um, makes a huge difference you know, in just daily life, like I said, on my energy, I know I can't schedule anything too close, you know, no meetings before 10. If I do, you know, I better plan something else or I'm, you know, it's not going to flow well. Or if I, you know, I know my burst of energy is again, later afternoon evenings. If I try to cram anything, anything before that I can do it, but it's not going to be the best of work that I know I kind of could have done. So just paying attention to those just makes a huge difference on how your day, your week, you know, your month can go and don't let anybody, you know, deter you from that. You know, you can occasionally, but in your mind, you make sure you have a buffer somewhere, you know, and things. And so even with my clients, I tell them the same thing, you know, to make sure of that. And it just, it also helps because I'm, you know, I'm very transparent on anything that's going on with me. And so it helps when I tell them to do the same thing, if something does come up with myself and I need to tell them, you know, well, this is one of those, I'm just not focused today. Can, can we just, you know, work on this another day or something like that? They understand because I have them also, you know, kind of paying attention to the same things themselves. And if you try to push something when some, and if it's not like dying needed, it will make a huge difference and you will get, you know, adequate information and you know inform, um, um, material back if you, you know you let me do it the way I need to flow with it and if a lot of companies would do that you know they would get so much better you know customer service you know adequate products and work from employees and things like that because not everybody can just do you know everybody has a day every single person nobody's perfect and if they would just you know it's not like Oh, you're showing favoritism and oh, you're, you know, it, that that's not it. You're working with the flow of what everybody is having that day and every day is going to be different. Um, so it will make a huge, huge difference yeah. on a lot of things. It's about connecting with mm -hmm. other people and you have to connect with yourself first. 
like what you're talking about, uh, you know, what I'm hearing there is the self-leadership in being an advocate for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I know I, um, I try to push that and definitely telling people, you know, just to be open-minded and, you know, and to learn, because I, like I said, I tell people about my ADD, my narcolepsy, you know, I'm open about all of that because, and that's kind of sends me to the venture I'm looking at with the IBAD with the inclusion, belonging, equity, accessibility, and disability that, you know, there's, everybody's dealing with something mental or, you know, and all of those are invisible, but until you accept that that's what it is, learn what works for you. Every person with ADD, ADHD, narcolepsy, any, all of those are going to be different. And so just vocalizing it, because just me vocalizing with my IBS and all that, I've helped so many people just realize it or know somebody that has it. And, you know, just trying to understand what they need and that would help each other. It would just make the world be so much better, you know, and just patience because you can't just assume, oh, this person has autism. That's how it's going to be. Or this person has, no, everybody's is different. And, you know, and like I was just watching a show yesterday, organizing, everybody organizing and putting things is different. You can't just say that's how it is. Or they say, oh, you can't get breast cancer, you know, until you're this age. No, <laughs> it's different for everybody, you know. So you can't put every anything in a circle and say, oh, this is how it is. This is how it has to be handled. These are the symptoms and, you know, or how, you know, packaging a box. There's a different, there's a different way to do that. There's different tape. There's different ways you can put things in. Nothing is the same. So just being open-minded and vocalizing and talking about it, you know, I pulled up even how many people have hidden disabilities, celebrities. I have three sheets that I plan to type up and put on my blog too, <clears throat> on my website that have it. And they're like, all oh, these people are having all these health issues or all these mental. There was a bunch before, all the way back to Albert Einstein and Frank, all of those, but it wasn't vocalized. And now it is being vocalized. And they're like, oh, it's, you know, what's going on with all these mental depression, all, all that's been out there the entire time. (laughs) You know, if you look back at how they used to do asylums and stuff like that, because they didn't understand it. So it's been around as long as we've been around, but it just was kind of pushed off to not being accepted. And it just needs to be accepted and understood and vocalized in society, at workplaces, just everywhere, because it, it's not going away. Right. And we just have to accept it and understand people and don't treat them any different because all of us have more than one thing, <laughs> numerous things of some sort. That's <laughs> going on, don't we? <laughs> yes, yes, for sure. And yeah. Wanna, I'm so glad that you brought up this new picture of yours. And I'd like you to share with our, our listeners yeah how they can get in touch with you, how, how the business community can get in touch with you and how you're using this venture to help leaders, help their teams and thus help the organization overall. I know I started a blog um, a couple months ago, um, wandastidbits.com. So it's Wanda with an S and then and tidbits because I just have a variety of topics and things, knowledge, 
knowledge, experiences in my head and life hacks that sometimes I'm not sure how that's crammed in there, but I decided to come out with a blog so I can start getting those out there. So, you know, some of the topics are going to be on some of my rare disorders, um, the things I've had to advocate for mice and her things, uh, my experiences of living in Iowa and not having family here, just randomly choosing to move here 12 years ago. <laughs> um, I don't like saying the work-life balance because there's not really one. It's more of a paradox type thing. Um, you know, all the different ventures. Me and my daughter love doing DIY craft things. And then just, I love technology. I'm more of a techie person because I grew up in the realm of no technology up to where <laughs> it is now. Um, so I love doing that. I love being resourceful and just, you know, showing easier ways to do things. So those are going to be some of the topics. And then I know my daughter, it's going to be a guest blog. So we actually, me and her have two blogs that we're going to, we, we're doing together. And then slowly she's going to do some probably once a month of her own right kid related or a place we've been to or whatever she decides to want to write to kind of build her um, reading and writing skills. And she was open, fine with doing that too. Um, and then I, hopefully I want to have a calendar of variety of just, there's kids events, there's leadership events, there's, you know, just, there's a bright, Cedar Rapids has a bunch of things that really don't have a calendar to centralize it. So <laughs> I'm hoping I can help with that. Cause I do, you know, reach out and keep up with a lot of things. And then there's so that's the good part of COVID is that so many things have gone virtual that there's so many classes and learning things that is just, yeah, there's a lot of things out there that people don't know about that I'm always bringing up. So they can sign up on my, I have a sign up now on my blog to where you can get notifications when I post anything new. And I'm hoping to have like a resource area on there too. And so then, um, so my Facebook and my business page for my at your service order community, virtual assistant business, is going to get a little overhaul and difference because of me launching the IBAD with inclusion, belonging, equity, accessibility, and disability venture. Um, focusing a little more probably on the accessibility because DEI has become a big drive recently, but the accessibility part is still being, you know, overlooked and neglected. And with, you know, my daughter's delays and different things on that, there's, there's a big part of that that's being missed. And, you know, it will make a huge, uh, big community of, you know, clients, customers, any students that could be, have more th things available to them. And it, they may be already doing it, but they're not vocalizing it or something's going on. So, you know, because invisible disabilities are not, are visible to me. And I do and pick up on a lot of those. And that could be part of the semantic that I notice those things with people that some people don't even even realize themselves. Like I have a neighbor who has high anxiety. I mean, she's had panic attacks. And so, you know, I helped her with, you know, some essential oils. My daughter ended up giving her journal for her birthday, didn't even associate it with that. But when we were out of town for my sister's funeral and I, and literally like that week before I had to come over and, and get her because her boyfriend just, he didn't know what to do. And so I got her to calm down and everything. And she told me when I saw her um, after the trip, she's like, you know, while you were gone, I did have a panic attack, but I remember you telling me to like inhale these oils and like breathe through my mouth, my nose and write in the journal. She came up with the journal. I didn't even mention that. She remembers she had the journal 
that Maya gave her. And she said that helped her kind of walk through it. I said, yeah, a lot of it is you're in, you get caught up in your head and you start overthinking. And if you just get it out and then the oils will help her at least calm her down outside of her being able to do it herself. And she's trying to switch medications and we're dealing with some of that too, that that was the alternative just for that moment. And it was, she was able to calm herself down and I was so proud of her <laughs> of being able to do that. So she calls me mama Wanda, <laughs> even though she's like 25, well, I could be your mom, I guess, but I'm not, <laughs> but that's what she calls me. Cause there's a lot of, yeah, things that I just intuitively just pick up and tell people to help them out just naturally. That's, that's an awesome story. Wanda, you are doing <laughs> great work out there and I've got two more questions for you. One is, what is the number one problem that you solve for your ideal client? Um, I think more of the streamlining things and getting it out because, you know, Everybody has what their business is at now and where they want to see it in the future. But that in between sometimes is a jumble. Mm -hmm. And so just sitting and, you know, seeing where they're at now, what they have done, seeing what they've, they're doing now and what they're planning to do in the future and resources, you know, because I am more techie. So giving them resource on that and things they hadn't even thought that was a possibility. And then also just navigating them to, you know, different ideas that they may could do or resources of, you know, who they can contact to help them with certain parts of it or anything like that. Um, I, do, I do like doing that and helping with some of the tech parts. Um, and then I'm migrating to having a launching a, a think group, a VA think group for our virtual assistants to mentor them and kind of guide them in, in pieces versus trying to do it all at once um, part. And then the, my, the person that just launched her business that I help with that, she's doing, launching that with me and I'm going to co-host that and maybe it will become her, her, her baby and things. Cause I know me venturing off with the IBAD, I'm hoping to um, help businesses and, and uh, organizations find those gaps that they're missing, you know, that, you know, maybe they need to have a day, um, like even a was thinking like the movie theater I swore used to do this maybe it was back home in Memphis they might have been in Memphis they had one day a month where it was specifically for the deaf and hearing impaired that might have been in Memphis because <laughs> my brother's hearing impaired and deaf so I've actually been exposed to you know this around 20 something years when I got custody of him when I was in my 20s um, they would have one day a month for hearing impaired and deaf and they would have a couple of movies that was totally closed caption and they could sit and watch it and didn't have to worry about, you know, just the, the loud noise um, and things like that. Because for the hearing impaired with their hearing aids, sometimes that can, you know, bother them. So those type of things, just thinking of that or, you know, asking on an application if somebody has any type of delays or any, you know, IEP in that way, you know, they will get their, you know, their assistance or any help they would need. Or at least knowing, you may not have been experienced you know, or, you know, know exactly what to do, but even just asking a question is a huge difference because I'm always at least vocalizing it still when my goes to things, but having that question, at least they know 
to either ask or make sure is there any accommodations or any extra things that they need because there, there's no reason to be ashamed about it. I mean, she'll advocate for herself and we I've worked on that her with that one even to where she even advocates for other kids if she <laughs> knows or picks up on that they may need some help and things. Um, so just being able to do that and hopefully launching a group to where I can bring in somebody that can keep up with the legal side of it because keeping up with the tech side is enough. I don't think I can do the legal side too. Um, even though my parents wanted me to be a lawyer because I like debating and researching stuff, but <laughs> I don't want to do that this time. And then, you know, the school systems or maybe teachers or, or people that are doing employee hiring, those bringing those into a round table that can stay up, you know, current on what things are needed or to be able to, you know, a free space and a safe space to be able to ask those questions, which anybody can stop me and ask me anything anyway. But, you know, having that area to where they can make sure that they're doing, you know, the best thing to make everything available to everybody no matter what and so that's a big missing going on right now that is I'm hoping it will be ready for Maya when she gets older because I've talked to how they do it in high school is totally different for IEPs and you know the colleges I was just at a panel yesterday for all the college you know presidents were, were at and you know it I talked to the president of Kirkwood afterwards that she know that she didn't really realize that that part maybe was missing and things like that. So there's a lot of things and I know I want to bring in the technology side of like websites and, you know, my has a scanning pen. People, a lot of people don't know there's a scanning reading pen that you can have that will read to you and you can look up the definition. There's so many tools and accessories that is available just for, you know, whatever you're, you know, need or disability or whatever it may be. And so I, you know, I keep up with that now. So I definitely like the tech side of it. So that's what I would bring to the round table and to clients and just picking up on things that they probably don't even realize that they're doing or words they're using or how they're phrasing things, you know, to make it simpler for anybody and everybody to understand <laughs> no matter what, yeah. you know, they can't, because like my neighbor, she's not able to read and write. So there's a lot of things that I have to, you know, you would think it's everyday language, but for somebody like her, it's not. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. It's the best way for people to get in touch with you. Um, I would say email, um, which would be Wanda at, and then the word at <laughs> your service, cc.biz. Um, you can always go to my website. I have a contact me on there, which is at your service quarter community.com. You can go to my blog, the Wanda's tidbits, um, Wanda's what a S <laughs> tidbits.com. Um, I have a contact me there, Facebook person, my personal one's public too, or my business one. There's a variety of yeah ways that you can get to me. Any of those or all of those. <laughs> If needed. Can <laughs> yeah. you repeat your email one more time for folks? So it's Wanda and then the at sign and then the word at A-T, your, Y-O-U-R, service, C-C dot biz. Right. So the C-C is short for quarter community. Great. All right. Any parting words? Just for everybody, you know, treat others how you want to be treated and, you know, just be open-minded and 
just ask questions. There, you know, we learned in kindergarten. There's no stupid question. There isn't, no matter how old you are. You don't know what you don't know. If you don't, if you don't ask, then you're still in the dark. Yeah. You know? so. Curious, brave, and kind, right? Yes. Yes. Taking a moment to notice is a worthwhile investment of time and energy for yourself and others. When was the last time you listened with your whole body? We miss so much when we restrict our attention to only what is going on in our heads. Be sure to check out Wanda's blog at wandastidbits.com. Again, that's wandastidbits.com. Thanks again for tuning in. Follow along on Spotify to hear more stories about how people are using somatic awareness to live and lead better and achieve better business results.